Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Hey, everybody. It's Kelly Kirsch. Pat Steinberg away today, so we're shifting people around. So we'll have uh, Peter start at 1 o'clock, and Will Nott will bring it home with, with Peter later on this afternoon on the big show right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. We'll hear from former Flame Chris Versteeg. He is uh, he's a beauty. I think he is a gold star kind of guest on our show, so we uh, wanted to play that again today because it was pretty good stuff from earlier today. So Versteeg coming up and a few other things as well, but let's uh, get caught up on the Flames and talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Well, Lou, this is the uh, the week the Flames are are practicing and and getting back after it. But uh, uh, you have some news and some uh, interesting things from practice earlier this morning. Well, as Logan just documented in our update off the top, two key faces are missing from practice that is just about to end, Kelly, and that is Dylan Dubé, who left the game early in the second period after trying one shift very briefly and Matthew Kachuk is having a maintenance day. Now we'll start with Kachuk and as far as he's concerned, I thought he was banged up in both games. He was involved in a hit in the third period with Alexander Edler on Saturday and then he was involved in another collision early in the first period in the game here on Monday, Kelly, that left him in some discomfort. So hopefully for the Flames, it is not serious. As far as Dylan, he has been classified as day-to-day. If you go back and watch the tape um, of the game, it looked like something was bothering him. Lower body, you wonder about, you know, potential groin, somewhere in that type of area. So... You know, if ever there was a good time for a break, when you have a couple of key guys who are obviously not 100% and you hope it's nothing long-term with either one of them, um, even after a great start, this actually might be good timing just because of that alone. Yeah, I guess everything you know we're kind of hearing from the Flames is that the Dubé thing maybe maybe dodged one a little bit because uh, it might be sooner than, than later him returning, which, which is, which is great news. Cause you know, he's off to such a great start. I'm not sure what, what you're hearing in there. They're always very guarded about that, but no, I, I saw the other day on the tape, as I just pointed out, thought I saw maybe the G word yeah. when he was in consultation. So, you know, you're not taking any chances. Like you said, Dylan's off to a great beginning, and you have the luxury of the time. Yeah, you do. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Matthew Kachuk because he's off to a great start. He's he's a guy that it's been fun to watch him from the days of you know drafting him out of, out of London in the Ontario Hockey League to you know a guy that you know surprised people how how quick he got used to the NHL game to obviously uh, a, a huge responsibility and a guy that's a difference maker. And a guy that is absolutely getting in the heads of other teams. He is. Uh, it's been interesting to see him. He, he, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Lou. He he grew up in the the family business as hockey. He's he's been around it a lot. So in some ways, that gave him the advantage. But certainly, he handles himself very well on the ice and and off it as well. 
Well, I think things are changing for him, too. And even if you think about the first three games, you know, he's done an awesome job of being involved, making a difference, and being very present. So take a look at some of his numbers early on. So he has a couple of goals. He's got three points. He's plus two. And, Kelly, this year in his first three games, he's played 19 and a half minutes per game. His career average is 1647. And last season he averaged 1818. So in his maturation and with the reconstruction and the pairing of he and Elias Lindholm, who is also needless to say off to a different start and a great start. And the other night played 24 minutes You've seen a bit of a changing of the guard, don't you think? Yeah. Where Matthew is now, you know, and you know me, I, I'm not a huge person to number lines, but ice time matters and so does responsibility. So yeah. that pairing has changed this hockey team. And, you know, for Matthew, he's a really interesting guy because, you know, he's the highest paid player on the team. He's at $7 million for this season and next season. But the great thing about the team's leading scorer is I think his game continues to grow and morphing more into, I guess, what you might categorize as not just, you know, all the intangibles and in your face, but when he was picked where he was, I mean, this guy has some elite type ability hands he's a great combination so more minutes I think more responsibility and with this team what it's already done in my opinion is it's taken some heat and it's distributed minutes and expectation away from a couple other guys and you know who those yeah it's funny it's funny Lou you bring that up because we had Marty Jelen on with the guys this morning and he talked about just that where um it's not like uh you know, Sean and Johnny have less responsibility. Uh, it's just a different kind of responsibility, and and their minutes are, are close to what you'd think they would be. Is that fair to say? And and it's they it's, are. It's just they have different been, situations right they're being par. put in. Yeah. Well, again, when you change, and we've talked a lot about the reconstruction of your group. Well, what it does when you put Lindholm and Kachuk together, Kelly, is it just it gives you way more options and way more balance. And in every single game, what you're trying to do with your people is dictate to your opponent. And the more depth and the more good players you have throughout your lines and throughout your pairings, it gives you that opportunity because now it arrives at a spot where, you know, for a long time, let's be honest, offensively, those two guys were the drivers. So a lot of responsibility and a lot of attention went their way. Well, now when you're checking and dealing with the Calgary Flames, guess what? They can go a lot of different ways. And as I mentioned with Peter yesterday, Kelly, on the show, haven't you and I and everybody else on the station talked a lot about the frustration of the Flames' top two people? Well, guess what? Now the Flames have a bunch of different ways to check others, yep. don't you think Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser looked a lot 
more frustrated because guess what? When you force the best people in the sport to spend a lot more time checking, they don't like that very much. Yeah, and it, it just it just comes down to to using each guy and giving them the the chance to succeed the best way you can, and that's but but comes can from depth. you do that unless you have different? No, you have to have the you have to have the horses to do it. It sounds good, but if you don't, you know, if you only got like one line, that's like, well, then you can't right. really do that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And and again, now the great thing is, and Sean and Johnny had a great game the other night, but what people can't forget about is. There's a lot of teams, as you know, Kelly, and including two guys who are going to play head-to-head tonight in the Canadian division. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of elite people to deal with. So the managing of the bench and the distribution of time, here's the trick. So I have to have people on the ice to be able to account for their top guys, and at the same time, I have to give my top guys enough time to get what they need to get done. And that's where the utilization comes to be. So you have, if, and that's the other thing about the new way of doing business is, guess what? I can create good matchups for you. But you know what you have to be able to do more often than not? You've got to be able to dictate with that yeah. advantage. Because when you don't, yeah, home, home and away too, advantage. right? In, in both situations, when you have the last change and when you don't, it helps. Yeah, it absolutely helps for sure. But it's not everything. It at the end of the day, it boils down to you know what you do against your opponent in the situation that you're in, and the more that you can dictate to them as opposed to the other way around, I like your chances. Yeah. Peter Labardis is our guest right here on Hockey Central at noon. It is Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Peter comes from Gemini, or brought to you by the Gemini Group, Home Renovations. You want to talk about salary structure. The Flames have a, a good thing brewing, and, and you want to talk about uh, what, what's happening with that. Well, we started with Matthew, and, and it's a good place to start. And uh, I've thought a lot about the construction of teams and why, in certain cases, they're successful, and not necessarily why they're not, but Kelly, as you can attest to, because it's a huge part of what you do, you know, teams have budgets, they have a salary cap, and you're always mixing and matching, trying to decide who's the most valuable, what kind of roles those people are going to be in, and what you pay them. And the beauty of what Brad Treleving has done, and I see it very much as what I would call a Boston-type model, even, you know, what's allowed Tampa to be successful. And it's more than just your structure. But for the Flames, no player makes more than $7 million a year. And so don't you think that helps your depth in a massive way? The other thing is, so Elias Lindholm is moving into a more prominent spot. Kelly, they have a guy who plays more minutes than any other forward, you could make an argument that you can call him your number one, whatever center you want. I know this. He's your most complete and important forward. And you have this guy locked in for four years at $4.8 million a year. You've got Rasmus Anderson, who I think is emerging as a top pairing and an outstanding defenseman. 
You've got him locked in for six years at four and a half. You have emerging people like Yusuf Valimaki. It's also an asset management business where, you know, even Noah Hannafin with now, you know, 400 games in the league or closing in on 400 games in the league, you have him as an asset for four years. So, you know, in other places, i.e. Edmonton, i.e. Toronto, well, it's awesome to have stars for sure, and everybody covets them and everybody wants them, but it takes away from your depth. So in Boston, where this has been an incredibly competitive team for a long time, Kelly, do you know the highest paid player in the Boston Bruins? And I understand when some of these contracts came to be, the market was different, right? Yeah. But David Krejci makes $7.25 million a year. That's their highest paid player. Brad Marchand makes just over six. Patrice Bergeron, one of the greats in the game for many years, arguably one of the most intelligent guys of all time, is under seven. Well, not only do they win, but when you have key people locked in for those amounts, it just gives you so many more options to round out your team. So in Toronto, for example, well, okay, you have Austin Matthews, you have Mitch Marner, and one guy's 11 and a half, one guy's nearly 11, and are they great players? They are. But can you tell me how many playoff series those great players have won so far in their NHL career? Yeah, they've... uh... And it, it's interesting because, you know, to jump ahead a little bit, you know, the, the, the big game that we're going to be watching, uh, Edmonton and Toronto, they both, both those teams are kind of in interesting spots. They have amazing hockey players, but uh, it's a team game. And if you don't have the rest of the pieces, I, I don't know what, what's, what's going on. I know people are flipping out already in Edmonton. I think they're going to be fine. But when you, you know, pay like Dreisaitl and, and McDavid a, a ton of cash... There's only so much to go around for everybody else. Well, there's, and and the other thing is, I don't care what business, what company you are in, there's a lot of responsibility that comes in a team sport where one guy is making 12 and a half and you've got other guys making 700,000. Now, Mm -hmm. guess what? Not everybody is Connor McDavid. You understand that, but. The val- and there's great value in having stars on your team in every business. But if it leaves you in somewhat shy in other areas, and if those stars aren't necessarily, you know, driving as many wins as you'd like, don't you have to have some other type of conversation yeah. or thought process? And then pairs of thought somebody gets injured because there's, there's that to, to consider, and you talk about depth. So this is going to be... Interesting with this 56 games season playing everybody the same time. I, I'll tell you, Lou, all the three point games. It, it's oh, uh, it's interesting it's awesome. to watch. I right? love it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's how great. are you enjoying it so far? I think I think it's good. I I really enjoy the fact that we can be laser focused on on you know essentially seven teams and what's happening. Right? Do I normally care about Winnipeg and Ottawa? Yeah, honestly, no. It's down the list, but I was checking it out, seeing what's going on. It's like, oh, okay, there we go. Um, so I, I think it's going to be neat, and I think as we get into uh, the spring, 
it's going to be really stressful and interesting to see where, where people oh. start to, to end up. And if you, you go on a, on, on a bit of a dip, like you can't go on for one very long, like for sure, but you can also make time up pretty quick, right? Cause you're always playing the people you're chasing. So I think it's going to be all right. I don't. So think... here's a, here's a, here's a quick question for you. Okay. Um, and, and I've seen, I've seen different thoughts from different places. Um, in, in terms of like selling the product, do you think this is something that hurts because you don't have more variety? Or do you think numbers are going to translate to the point where it might be hard to get away from this must listen to or must yeah. viewing situation? I think do you have a, do I you think, have a feel? I, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of both, Lou. I think it's going to be at the beginning. It's like, oh my, like there's a time at the beginning of February. Was it three games in a row in Winnipeg? Yes. Like, that might be interesting, but once we get into mm, April and and into early May, then it's going to be, oh, my God, I can hardly wait to see what happens between. the. And we haven't had any really crazy storylines yet either, and I think that's going to be interesting. Now, if I'm selling tickets, I, I think that's going to be a tough one to say, here's Winnipeg again, here's Winnipeg again, here's Winnipeg again. But – they don't have to do that. And I think if you're a season ticket holder, you want to see, you know, the, the best from the, you know, Chicago Blackhawks and these new young bucks and, and the Rangers and stuff that, that that's different. But as for this year, where no one's going to the games for any time soon, for the most part, I think it's going to be pretty cool. But I, I don't think, uh, I, I think there'll be some dips and some lulls in people's attention, but I think okay. as we get closer to when it's crunch time, I think it's going to be very interesting because, you know, that Winnipeg-Ottawa game is going to mean everything to Flames fans potentially or or vice versa when the Flames are playing Montreal. Everyone's going to be tuned in to see what's going on with that. So that part's kind of cool. Um, I also like the idea that, that, you know, all these guys are in Canada and as safe as they can be, and I think that's that's part of the reason. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We've seen what happened with Dallas and with Carolina. It's like, hmm. That's that's pretty early on in this in in the season to have, have that is. happen already. So uh, maybe they need, need to learn from something. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Okay, well, Lou, there's lots of there's lots of star power in the Canadian division. Oh, there that, is. That's yeah. pretty exciting stuff too. Yeah, and I think I think people are going to learn some stuff too. Like we're going to dig it. We're going to have to dig in on the Ottawa Senators and learn some stuff about them. And I think that's going to be. I think that's kind of a cool thing. So. Um, now, now, as a as a program director and and someone that's trying to figure out the best content for people, I'm still kind of figuring out where people are with, uh, like, was it Vegas and and uh, Arizona are playing tonight? Normally, we'd be all over that game. It's like, yeah, not not so much right now, but yet it's still interesting. There can be storylines for sure. Like I watched the uh, the L.A. Colorado game last yeah, night. Yeah, me I, too. That was kind of kind of kind of neat to see what was going on with that. It's like, oh, all right, right, okay. Um, so that, that'll be interesting because it's still, there's still lots of NHL fans and there's, as you know, piles of Chicago Blackhawk, Boston Bruins, New York Rangers, those fans all over the place, uh, in Calgary, you know, specifically not everybody's a Flames fan. So, and, and, and once you get outside the, the NHL markets even more so, so I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how people keep yeah, me up too. with their teams that aren't playing you know, on Saturday nights necessarily, unless you, you know, you get a special service like we have, but uh, that'll be interesting. Lou, um, we're going to let you go. And good. we'll talk, uh, we'll talk tomorrow being Thursday and one more day before the mailbag. So that'll be all right too. That'll be on Friday. So 
It'll be Sounds fun. pretty yummy to me. There we go. Okay, Lou. Okay. Talk Thanks, tomorrow. Thanks, Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, as we go through Hockey Central at noon. Peter Klein coming in at 1 o'clock. He'll start off the big show for us. Will Nalt coming in at 2 o'clock. As, uh, yeah, we don't have any play-by-play till Friday when the Raptors uh, take on uh, Miami. So this is kind of a weird... We had all that hockey, and then, okay, now we're just going to wait for a little bit. And then it's going to be busy again next next week, Logue. So it's going to be uh, just one of those things. We just have to have to be patient, as it were. It'll all be worth it. Everybody's yeah. got this break. We'll get it out of the way early, and then we'll just go full bore for a couple months. Yeah, and Sunday, um, not my favorite schedule to have an afternoon game uh at the Dome when it's like the AFC and NFC championships, but that's uh, how that's going to go. Uh, we'll keep you up there. So that's, by the way, Sunday, that, that is an afternoon game. So we'll be on the air at 12 with uh, Flames Game Day Live. One o'clock is our pregame show and play-by-play with Eric and, and Peter. will go a little after 2 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here we are at the iconic Electric and Controls uh, downtown studio. We're hanging out here today. Uh, expertise. It's iconic. Visit iconicec.ca to find out more. And uh, I heard horror stories about how messy this place was, but it seems to be okay. Maybe, uh, maybe there was a bit of a, uh, I don't know, delousing as it were. It, it's not as, uh, you know, dorm like as I thought it was going to be Logan. So that's, that's the good news. Cause I haven't been to the station in a while. So, uh, thank you for that. Whoever did that. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I didn't have to flip out on people and do that. All right, we'll take a break. I'll hear from Christopher Stieg next right here on Hockey Central at noon. It's Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon coming up at 1 o'clock, the arrival of Peter Klein, and coming up later today in the 5 o'clock hour, it's Inside the NHL, brought to you by Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's brought from a, a bought from a place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. We'll take a break. And uh, talk about what's happening in the NHL tonight. Two games of uh, huge importance for the North Division. Logan and I will break that down next, right here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, as we uh, do your thing on a Wednesday, right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Big show starts at 1 o'clock. It'll be Peter Klein and obviously uh, lots of baseball news with the Toronto Blue Jays uh, making big waves last night with George Springer coming over from Houston. And he signed a massive contract and what that means for the lineup and going forward. They're not done yet. All that kind of stuff. So we'll find out about that. Couple, couple of games of note in the North Division. First, kind of the, the other uh, hockey games we should talk about. Arizona, Vegas tonight. That goes at 8 o'clock. Uh, also, Minnesota in Anaheim at uh, 7.30 Calgary time. And San Jose, St. Louis will be 7 o'clock our time. Early start for Edmonton in Toronto. And uh, Logan, the, the Oilers, uh, 1-3-0. And, oh. and uh, it, you know, when you think about it, it was funny. I was on a conference call, and the guys were saying, obviously, with Connor McDavid in town against, you know, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, big battle like that. Uh, it's not very often that they get uh, bumped down the old pecking order in sports, but they certainly did with the Blue Jays. But nonetheless, the uh, Oilers come in 1-3-0, sixth place in the North Division. 
And the Maple Leafs have been good, 3-1-0. and And uh, this will be a very good test of some some amazing hockey players that get paid a lot of money. And uh, interesting uh, goalie battle as Koskinen trying to find himself with his 897 uh, save percentage. Uh, Freddie Anderson has, hasn't been much better at 881, obviously early days. But give me your assessment of how you see uh, Edmonton-Toronto shaping up tonight from Toronto. It's going to be an interesting one. It'll be the first of uh, a couple of these battles of Matthews and McDavid. We only usually get our uh, our two during the year. So yeah. in an interesting spot for both of these teams, it's only four games in for both of them. But when you're talking about a, a reduced schedule against a division opponent, this is an important one for the Maple Leafs. You want to keep things rolling and you want to assert some early dominance against a team that you're going to see a lot of this year. And, for the Oilers, it just feels like it's been a bit of a, a downward spiral to start the year. They lost Mike Smith to a an early season injury and have had to lean on Koskinen maybe more than they would have early. They got kind of shell-shocked by Montreal a couple times at home there. And um, I think they're dealing with that, trying to shed that image that they're the same team they were last year that just relies on McDavid and Dreisaitl. And if they don't put up three or four points, uh, they're going to lose. They have made some good additions to that team. I like Kyle Turris and I like Tyson Berry, but as of right now, they haven't found their yeah. their roles and having an impact on this team yet. But there's just too much talent. And I, I mean, Lou's mentioned it before, and you know their power play's been quiet. That's not going to last for long. Those no. guys are way too good yeah. uh, for that to happen. So interesting to see if they can do it tonight. But I'm excited to see McDavid and Matthews eight nine times this season. Yeah, it's, it'll be neat. That's 5 o'clock on Sportsnet. Uh, Montreal, Vancouver, uh, out in Vancouver. The Canucks won 3-0. Uh, they get, they're, they're dead last right now in the North Division for what that's worth. Um, they are uh, back at home for the first time all season as they started out in Alberta. And Montreal hasn't lost yet, 2-0-1, looking for a carry price against Brayton Holpe. Um Montreal's been interesting. Like they, 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 uh, they've got off to a, to a good start. I liked how they played against uh, against the Oilers and and the Canucks. I mean, they've had some problems with uh, with the power play and maybe some some depth problems. And maybe that's kind of early on. Um, and these teams are trying to find their way, but you can't can't mess around too long because you know you got fifty six games all against the same teams, so you can't really find yourself for a month. Otherwise, you'll find yourself really behind the eight ball. No, this is a big one for for Vancouver tonight. They just haven't looked like themselves, and maybe this is closer to the version um, of the Canucks that we we need to expect after all the additions uh, that or subtractions, I should say. Yeah, I mean the playoffs. Uh, the, I think probably jaded people, and I think yeah. Canucks fans thought, okay, we're on our way, but not so fast. And well, and, and, we, and we've seen in Calgary how important a, a Tanev is to your penalty kill, how important a Markstrom is to your your day-to-day in a game, those aren't just easy things to pick up and change. And while I don't think they're a one-in-three sort of every four games type of team, maybe they're not the the team that went as far as they did in the playoffs last year either. And uh, Montreal, I mean, if you caught any of those games against Edmonton, you saw exactly what their plan is. They might not have a superstar on this team, but they're going to roll four lines at you and they're going to just attack, and they've lots got the depth to yeah. do it. Yeah, lots of quickness and lots of yeah. pace, yeah, for sure. So that's uh, 8 o'clock tonight, so we'll see how that goes. What do you guys got? I know baseball is going to be kind of uh, front and center uh, more so than normally would be. 
in January on this radio station, but it's a weird uh, time, so we'll just go with it. A massive deal, obviously. Phones started blowing up there last night that George Springer had indeed, in fact, signed his contract pending a physical uh, down in Florida. So this will be interesting to see. What uh, what are you uh, guys planning to do? How are you planning to cover the uh, Blue Jays news? We're going to have a couple of guests on throughout the day in the 1 o'clock hour from Sports Illustrated. Uh, Emma Baclieri is going to join Klein and, and sort of break this down, uh, the initial reaction to George Springer and uh, maybe Michael Brantley joining him from Houston and then later from Sportsnet Keegan Matheson. Uh, going to join the guys, and uh, we're going to take a, a little bit more of an in-depth look as to whether or not this is the only move uh, for the Jays to make this offseason or if there's more to come. I know that uh, covering this angle, it's, it's a big free agent addition for the Jays, but... Can't um, be done. Can't be done yeah, yet. As a, yeah, exactly. As a couple of Blue Jays uh, writers, including Ben Nichols and Smith, mentioned yesterday, the rotation now becomes a clear area of concern for this team going forward and if they can potentially add to that before the offseason's done you could be looking at some high expectations for the Jays so we're going to be all over that today yeah that it's fascinating just the you know people writing down lineups and pitching still a problem though so we'll, have to well see. then if they get Brantley you've got too many outfielders yeah then you got to make somebody's got to go maybe that's the plan maybe they're going to make a deal for a pitcher down the road or something or or package some guys they don't need anymore or expendable, or extra, or however you want to put it. So, okay, we'll do that. Uh, Klein and Logan coming up. Uh, Will Nolt joins at 2 o'clock. Steinberg off for a few days. And uh, looking forward to a big show. Ready to rock with some baseball, hockey, maybe some football. It's going to be awesome next.